Warning, this podcast contains no journalistic integrity. Welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. Well, today's broad topic is how full of shit are people really going to be these days? So we, we, the unanswerable question, honestly. I look, look, you've got Fox doctoring vids of Biden wandering around the White House to make it look like he's more lost than he even is. Like you really need to doctor them to find them. You know, mm-hmm. you've got CNN basically telling you that Hunter Biden uh, is not an interesting story. You know, like, uh, it, this doesn't matter. But at the same time, they want to talk about Donald Jr. I, yeah, I mean, I think you can safely... I mean, but, safely. but at the same time, you've got the other side that wants to ignore Donald Jr. and tell you how Hunter Biden is a big deal. I, it's, everybody's full of shit. I mean, hell... Trump basically gave a speech on the White House lawn next to two tractor trailer trucks and talked about how he was a trucker. Yeah. Um, I think we can go with all of them are full of shit. I mean, like all of them are full of shit. Like it's not 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 one, not many, not not most, not half not my people not your people no 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 no. all of them are full of complete and you you know it you can see it i i don't understand how people are getting confused that's the part that really kills me but there was a woman on bill maher this weekend who it it, uh, i i was just absolutely floored now she was obviously a bit on the left so that was no, by no means a surprise or even really a worry, but she kept quoting everything. Every time that Bill tried to put off some information, she kept quoting either the New York Times or the Washington Post on how he was wrong. He said he finally looked at her and went, you seem to be getting all your information from the exact same place. She's like, oh, no, I read the other stuff. I just don't believe it. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> now, what you should do is not believe any of it. Oh, exactly. And and that's kind of I, I've just been sitting here watching this shit for the past week going, my God, this is just some of the most stunning bullshit on the face of the earth. You know, I do have some hope. Oh, I do please, have because because I need some because I the more and more I see what's going on, the more and more, you know, I see troops showing up in D.C., the more and more. Uh, I, I'm getting more and more convinced that it, it, every election is going to get us a little bit closer to the end. Oh, no, that's absolutely going to happen. And, for and the I think that end future. is coming very, very quickly. <laughs> I may be off by the fact that it's going to be the next one, but I don't think it's far beyond that. You know, I do. I do have a little bit of hope. Just please, glimmers. I, 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 I need this, please. So recently uh, in school. My daughter is of the age that, and I was surprised that they're still doing this, they gave her a book to read. And the book was The Diary of Anne Frank. Okay. 
And I was like, wow, okay. I had to read that as well. I'm sure uh, you I'm, did. I, I did, and I actually my child did as well. Right. And uh, I'm like, cool. You know, she's like, yeah, I got to read this book. And, and, you know, I'm not sure what's going on here. And I was like, you know what? You, you might dig it. I said, it's about a little girl who's a lot like you. As a matter of fact, she just had to live through a terrible situation. And, and you know, why don't you read that? And she read it and read it in like two days. Just blew through it. And she came out the other end of it with a ton of freaking questions. Who are the Nazis? Why did this happen? Was everyone, you know, evil? What This little girl could have been me. I'm like, yes, it could have been you. I mean, that's why they're making this, them read it. Is this your you know? older child or your younger one? Eldest. So okay. 13. Okay. Now, the part of me that's sitting here listening to this is going, is at least they're having the kids read the stories. But the fact that your kid is 13, which puts her in which grade of school? Uh, Sixth grade. She's in sixth grade. That by sixth grade, she hasn't taken at least one history class that has at least told her about World War II. Well, she's heard about it, right? She knows about World War II and she, all that kind of stuff. But she's – it's it's very – to me, it's, it's kind of graduating between what a child reasons and what an adult reasons, right? Why didn't we just kill all the Germans then if they were that evil? I'm like, well – that's an excellent question. <laughs> you know, some of them were forced, you know, conscripted. Some of them really did believe this stuff. Some of them were just caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. And some of them happened to be in the army and just wanted to go home. But there was nothing to go home to because it was all like this. So who's right and who's wrong here? How do you how do you sort out the bad people from the good people? And she's like, well, anyone who was involved with this is bad. I'm like, granted, <laughs> absolutely. Do we get all of them? No, we did not. And there's there's Most. some reasons for that. Most of them, a lot of them, yes. All of them, no, because it's very difficult to prove one way or the other sometimes when the lines are a little bit blurred, who did what, when, where, and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it's hearsay, and there's there's some difficult things. But a lot of them we got. Were they evil? Straight up. Yep. <laughs> you know, anyone who was involved with this part of it, yep, straight up evil. There were some people on the front lines had no idea why they were there. There were some conscripted people from Czechoslovakia that just was happy to be alive. Okay, there's there's a lot of gray area, and she's trying to understand what's going on because she it struck a lot of empathy with her, the plight of the Jewish people. And, you know, I'm like, look. A lot of the Jewish people that you're talking about were Germans, babe. So you can't kill all the Germans. You know, you can try and kill all the Nazis. Yes, absolutely. And they did try and do that. Uh, prosecute, try, and 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 get rid of or, or put in jail all of these people. But there's a lot of stuff going on. So right now, as we speak, as a matter of fact, my daughter was so taken – with these stories, she has watched every World War II documentary she can find uh, on Netflix and Amazon and some of the other things. And she watched uh, Schindler's List last night at about one o'clock in the morning. My wife was just and she's kind of we're tag teaming because it's, it's a lot. You know, there's a lot to process and there's a lot to talk about. And, and she's she's just 
like consumed with this part of history and why it happened if, and who these if people you think were. She can handle it. You ought to bring her out to DC and we'll take her to the uh, Holocaust Museum. Well, as a matter of fact, um, that's where my wife and my eldest are right now. Dallas has not like the one in DC, but it does have a Holocaust Museum. And she desperately, she's like, Mom, can we go? And Shannon looked at me and she's like, Is she serious? I'm like, Oh, she's dead serious. She wants to go you know and learn about this stuff and they have exhibits there and 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 like little uh stuff you can read and stuff you can do and and all that stuff it's not the one in dc shannon and i went to that one because we were like man we next time we're in dc we should go to the holocaust museum because you would you would dig learning about it there and she's telling all her friends um you know hey i i can't Go and she, this is how I knew she was dead serious. I don't want to go to the mall with my friends. I want to go to this museum so I can learn more about this. And they're like, "Look, you can't go to the Holocaust Museum." And I'm like, "Why?" They're like, "You're not Jewish." What's that got to do with it? I'm like, "What's that? Like, it's there so you can learn from that experience. Not, it's not cultural because they were telling her it's cultural appropriation if you're not Jewish to go to the whole Holocaust Museum." And I'm like, "Your friends are idiots." <laughs> they're well, I, I'm. I... Uh, I, and, and here's actually what I hope we get an, a message about telling me that I'm wrong so I can lose my mind at this one. I personally think that the idea of cultural appropriation in and of itself is one of the dumbest ideas that I've ever heard. Absolutely, because everyone steals everything. And that's sharing cultures is what helps us understand each other personally, and that's what I think. And it got through to some of them that two of them asked to go with her. And... They did. Shannon went and picked him up and they all went to and like their mom, Shannon got to the door and, and she's like, yep, that's where we're going. She's like, and my daughter wants to go there. She's like, yeah, that's what she says. Yeah, mom, I want to go. I want to learn about it with Kayla. And and they're all going and Shannon sending me texts like they are really into this. Like and they're they're not laughing and joking and goofing around and stuff like that. They're real. They're taking notes. They're taking pictures. They're trying to like, who is this? I wonder if they're still alive now. I wonder, you know, if they got out, you know, look at these people. I wonder if, you know, it says these people got out and they have like eight children. That means that that one person got saved. And like there's eight people alive right now because that one person got saved. You know, how did they get saved and how did this happen? And all that's like I'm like, OK. Uh, Not the direction I thought she'd go, but uh, go for, go find her. It's actually I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it, but it's a very small book. But it's actually one of the ones that uh, there that there has been some discussion about canceling, which I for the life of me can't figure out why. Um, but go find her "Night" by Eli Wessel. Okay. Uh, it, it's a it, it's basically the definitive what it was like going through the Holocaust book. It's it's is written by a Jewish guy who actually was there. Yeah, I mean, I it, that'd be fantastic. But, uh, but but at the same time, somewhere along the line, and it was about the time that the uh, whole thing with Israel and the Palestinians. Not to say that there's ever not been a thing between Israel and the Palestinians. Sure. Um, that they they wanted to. It was one of the ones that they wanted to burn. I you know she's got. Um, three or four and she's been uh, like uh, uh now she read dire van frank i guess about a week and a half ago and then she they had a book fair recently at her school and they had um these paperback books called i survived and they had a couple of them from written from uh actual 
concentration camp uh, survivors, and I survived the concentration camp. And one of them was uh, a young girl. Another one was a uh, a guy, and and I don't remember what the third one is. But she bought all three and blew through all three of those as well. She's just fascinated with the story and how it came to be and why people didn't stop it and and how that relates to what we're all going through now and and like when, you know and started asking me last night we had a 45 minute conversation about the two party political system and why it's running away right now with with lies and all that kind of stuff and how that relates and how you know people can be moved with media and and uh, a swell of patriotic pride and how that can be turned against its own country and and all all of that stuff and I'm like holy crap she's 13 I didn't think we'd be having these conversations right now sneaks up on you yeah it really does and uh, like not and like intelligent questions too uh how can we be sure this won't happen again well by knowing what happened and and understanding it and seeing the signs and seeing what's going on and that's why people are upset you know like and and she's asking intelligent questions what can i do what what if the worst happens what are you doing right now to stop it and i'm like well i have a podcast <laughs> well I, I had a conversation with one of my clients uh this past week and because he he really looked at me and said do you really think this is what's happening and my answer had to be yes this is what happened what's happening which is we're spending so much time trying to redefine and rewrite history that people are forgetting what really happened. Now, I'm not talking about the fact that, you know, somewhere along the line, somebody listening to this is going to talk about all the things that we didn't learn with regards to, for example, African-American history, et cetera. And I'm not talking about the fact that we shouldn't be adding to our knowledge of history. We shouldn't be subtracting from it, though. Sure. Yeah. And, no. and, and, and if you and if you want the biggest example of how subtracting from history is affecting us. We literally have people in this country saying that communism is a great idea. You know, I've got got another client who actually literally grew up in East Berlin who I I brought this up and she just basically just stopped and looked around and we went, these people are fucking idiots. (laughs) I mean, that was a direct quote from somebody who grew up under communism. You're like, I agree. (laughs) Wholeheartedly. Yeah, I mean, I I don't understand. Well, I actually I do understand how we got here, and I do understand why a lot of people are. The, in in my opinion, people turn to communism because they don't have any hope that the system they are currently living in has any shot in hell of giving them a fair shake. And and the worst part about it is, is at this exact moment, I can understand that argument as well. I can understand it, and I understand the mentality like, well, why wouldn't we try something else? Because obviously this isn't working for me or anyone I know. Well, I, I've always thought of myself as a very, very staunch conservative. And I have to admit that the more and more I've done reading of articles and doing some research for just to be able to not sound like a friggin' idiot on this cast – um, I'm not sure if I succeeded or not, but that's the attempt. Well, I haven't, so I don't know how much more <laughs> successful you are than me. But. Uh, but but at the same time, what I've kind of figured out is that is it, it, it is actually something that kind of drove it home with something you said last time, which is it really doesn't matter what political system you've got if the people running it are assholes. Yeah. 
Oh, I truly it, believe that. It, it, and that's kind of so. So I'm 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 really starting to get more to a point of the fact that we've we've just got too many assholes in the world. <laughs> well, you what you have is too many assholes in power, yes. right? Whom too many untouchable assholes in power who are not answerable to anyone anymore. They subtly work the rules and the system so that even if if you could bring both barrels to bear nothing will happen to them well what well, happens but see i mean but see this is even what we're talking about just what i brought up at the very beginning of the cast you've got two people who you've got a guy who is president now and a guy who just was president who wants to be president again both of them have issues with family and issue and not issues that they can say that a they didn't know about or b they weren't even involved in you know neither one of them can say hey what my kids were doing i wasn't involved in that shit you know, one of them was trying to steal an election. The other one was tr- was basically making money off of his kid. Uh, it, 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 but none of these are ever really going to come to bear. No. Well, because they're in the elite class, you can't hold them accountable. It's almost it's like trying to nail Jello to the wall. It's not going to happen. So, but, but the fact that you have the press who are saying, "Oh, that's not even an interesting story," really. How you figure? You don't, you don't yeah. think that's newsworthy at all? Well, we 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 threw out a president, or at least uh, encouraged a president to leave on his own recognizance, who all he did was break in and look at the other guy's mail. Yeah, we're hell and gone past that. You know, you've got Hillary Clinton who was, uh, you know, stealing mail and. Uh, not only that, but making up dossiers and shit of, be, of the people on the other side lying. It, it, it's all bullshit. Yeah. On, it, well, it, it, on both sides. That's the problem. That's you the can't problem. even look at one side and say, these are the good guys. They're flipping between them. And it's like it's like playing keep away, right? The guy in the middle is the loser. They're flipping the ball back and forth, and and that's fine. Oh, I got it this time. Oh, you got it next time. Oh, I'm mad you have it. Okay, well, I get it back and all that kind of stuff. The one in the middle trying to get it is us, right, the American people. And we're – I truly believe that right now part of our problem – actually the big part of our problem is, one, professional politicians, and two, they have the professional politicians and elite class – have colluded with the media to to engineer a system that is unwinnable. It is so corrupt that it cannot be fixed by normal means. I truly think that's really where we are. We can make it better and kind of ease some sore spots, but really what they've done a great job of is dividing us as a people and making sure that we cannot unite behind uh, righteous indignation against them. We are fractious and we are separated and we are angry about all the wrong things, specifically targeted things to keep us stupid. But do you think they realize the fact that they have created a powder keg? I don't think they care. It, well, it's not only the fact that they don't care, but using the same analogy, they created a powder keg and they're all fire dancing in the room. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, did, did you guys know you're standing in a lake of gasoline with those torches? Yeah, I, I don't. But see, that's kind of where we are, and you're right. It, it seems like they don't even care the fact that because, uh, you know. Why hell, would they? Hell, it doesn't what, affect them. Well, <laughs> but see, where I was about to go is is they're saying it doesn't affect them, and I'm sure that that's exactly what they were thinking in, in France before the guillotines came out. So obviously these people didn't read history. Well, not only did they not read history, they could probably tell you why that didn't actually happen. But I, I but, think but they, see, but see, they've I, got it I, on I, lock, I, though. I guess, I guess my thought process is is that, you know, these people are assholes, but I, I see that they even have a lack of – I would have thought that their own self-interest uh, would take them beyond what they can get today. What do you think – what do you think the upper echelons and the, you know, uh, you know, like, look what our own president, like just a few months ago, President Dipshit said, uh, you know, what do I care about the Second Amendment? We have F-15s and nuclear weapons. Right. With yeah, a, was but... a low key threat to bomb the the nation should they rise up against him. Well, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, so why would he care? That's what they're telling themselves. We cannot be toppled. We cannot be taken out of power. We won't allow it. And I think that's really that's actually rather stupid on their part. Oh, I didn't say it was intelligent. I said it's what's happening. They can't lose. I mean, don't get me wrong for the okay, NSA guys, uh, just so we're clear, I'm not intending to be one of the people on the Capitol for steps, so we can just cut that part out right there. However, yeah. it's Hi, NSA. <laughs> however, if they don't think that it's going to happen, and if they don't think that there's going to be enough people to overwhelm whatever it is that they put there, enough people who are angry enough and psycho enough to just storm through whatever it is that they think they're doing. Uh, It's not a question of if, in my opinion, at this point. It's a question of when. Well, now we have the the other balancing factor, which is there's a lot of people still left in the United States who are comfortable. They still have jobs. They still have Internet. They still have beer, and they still have their guns. When that is true, I don't think you have a revolution. What is it, bread and circuses? Isn't that always the quote? Uh, no, I, I, and I I agree with you. I, I I guess what I'm worried about and what I see going on is, and and I to be honest with you, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I'm really hoping that when this is all said and done a couple of years from now, somebody's going to look at me and go, you were just one paranoid fuck, weren't you? That's my <laughs> That'll hope. That'll be me. That's my hope. <laughs> And, and, and I will appreciate accepting that statement. So it, it, it's not that I'm wishing for this. It's what I see going on around me. And what I see is this powder keg that's being stirred and stirred and stirred. And it's it's to the point where I don't think that the, the at least now, do I think this anything bad's going to happen to Bill Gates? No. Do I think anything bad's going to happen to Jeff Bezos? No. Do I think that anything bad is going to happen to Elon Musk? Yeah, and no. they fund all these assholes. But, so, but, but what, what are you but, worried about? But, you know? but at the same time, the the actual governing body, I, I, 
see, I, they've reached a point where it doesn't matter who's going to win. The other side is going to strike a match that's going to cause everything to explode. Mm, well, they, I, I, I think you're right in that they will complain and they will call foul and all that. But if they go ahead and just light the match and burn the whole playhouse down, that means they don't get it either. But see, that's the part that's worrying me because I think they've missed that. Oh, I think they're hyper aware of that part. Like they'll they'll play it right up to the hilt. I think honestly, I think they played it up into January sixth, and it went a little too far, and they went, "Oh crap!" And because they realized this can happen, I think that's what I think that's why they were so panicked about January sixth. Not that it was terrible, not that it was any bigger a riot than any other riot we've had in any other city that's it's still on fire. Looking at you, Portland and Seattle. Um. Uh, it's it's not any any different than any of those. Yes, it should have been quelled. Yes, it should have had better responses. Yes, it shouldn't have happened. None of the riots should have happened uh, the way they did. And and I and I guess where my fear is that they're expecting more of the same. And I'm envisioning what's happened on steroids. Yeah, I'm not sure we're there yet. I really am not. I think there's 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 enough. I, I think we either end up with January 6th on steroids or the BLM riots on steroids. And now, not thing being said, just throw into the, the, the rest of the just bullshit going on this week. Uh, you've still got people who are completely thrilled and walking around with their BLM stickers everywhere under the sun. And nobody's even recognizing the fact that BLM went and spent all their money that they sent to them on mansions in California for themselves. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I find that funny. I, I think Another they got story they that no one is interested in. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. You know, um, I just I think it's hysterical. Um, you got what is if you supported those idiots, then you got what you deserved. Um, honestly, I, and I know that's not a popular sentiment. Uh, I think it should be, and I think it's funny because you're supporting riots, man. Like, no, don't do that this wasn't an organization that was built on change it was an organization that was built on anger and rioting that's what you're going to get and if you thought and, and they stole your money if you contributed to this they literally stole your money and you're happy about it like what the hell man i i don't get it <laughs> i don't get like some of the you've are we really that much you know, that conditioned that we are so, so much sheep that will believe anything that's on TV or on the Internet. Is that really where we've gotten that you can't use critical thinking to go, you know, those people are assholes <laughs> and those, so are those people. You know what? I'm not going to give them money. That's all you had to do. That's it. And you would not have been taken in. But I. You know, I, I, I don't get it. I, there's there's a lot of, of causes that I would support. That is not one of them. Like the, the major the major organization body and, and focus for BLM was rioting. <laughs> that was their that was their big thing. That was their big ticket item was rioting. Uh, I, no, <laughs> just no, I'm not going to support that. Uh, but even then, it, it, you know, even throw in the fact that these riots happening when supposedly we were supposed to be locked down for COVID 
and uh, you know, n- no, you can't go to the store. Oh, but you can go riot. Well, yeah, that's a that's that, that's like paying patriotic gas prices, man. <laughs> high prices and gas is paying paying high prices at the pump is patriotic. No, it's fucking oh, not. Oh, and did you did you see that the right now has their own version of uh, calling everybody white supremacists? No. Oh, now okay. So the the left calls everybody who doesn't agree with them, no matter what it is, they white call them a white supremacist. Yeah, sure. The right now has theirs. Now, if you if you don't agree with them, you're a groomer. A groomer. Yes, because now everything is about um, if you disagree with them, you're now a pedophile trying to groom children. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yes. So either depending on which side you're on, you're either a white supremacist or you're a groomer. Depending on which side you're on, I I don't even have words for that. Like I this and this this flows right into my point. Okay, we cannot like neither one of these groups are your friend. Neither one of these groups are looking out for you. Neither one of these two groups, conservatives, liberals, Democrats, Republicans, whatever you want to call them, whichever side of the spectrum you are on. If you claim one of those groups, they are not for you. They don't care about you unless your bank account starts with a B, like billion. They don't care about you. They're just trying to take what they can. It's like the pirate code from Pirates of the Caribbean. Take what you can, give nothing back, right? This is really where we are. Be it power, politics, money, greed, whatever it is, that's where they are. And they're using these these careful sound bites and slogans to pit us against each other. I I can't I can't believe we're falling for this as a country. Uh you know, I think I talked about it last cast. Um, you know, the Germans have an entire textbook about uh, American propaganda. About American propaganda. Also, they have it. You know, the other propaganda they teach that you're not supposed to do the Nazi propaganda. Okay, they they're it's it's the same high school finishing school is is those two books so that they know not to do stupid shit. All right. And they have two fantastic examples. Us in the Nazis. Does that tell you something like seriously, man? Did did, did you follow the uh, confirmation hearings for our new Supreme Court justice? I did indeed. I, I, well, first of all, I mean, whether, I don't care which side of the spectrum you're on, Tom Cotton and, uh, was it Tom Cotton or Hawley, Halsey? Okay, that whoever that was and Ted Cruz proved themselves to be the biggest dickheads on the face of the earth. <laughs> you know, I don't care that President Doofenshmirtz picked her or well, that his I, staff did. Actually, well, see, here, here I, I, like I, pers- her. I personally thought she was a genius pick. I thought she was a genius pick because he said something he really shouldn't have, which it doesn't matter whether or not he was planning on doing it or not. He he said something he shouldn't have, which was that he was going to go out of his way to make sure that he picked an African-American woman. And when that bit him in the ass, they found the most African-American woman they could who happened to be incredibly qualified. Yeah, incredibly Somewhere qualified. along the line, everybody in the in the, in the staff went, oh, shit, he fucked up again. And somebody went, hold my beer. I have an idea. I got just the person for this. <laughs> You're gonna love this one. Like and the this fact is, that, and, and, and the fact that they couldn't even just sit there and go, 
Uh, oh, oh, yeah, shit. she's fucking she's, cool. She's cool. <laughs> they had to dig up some of the dumbest bullshit oh on the face of the earth. That was it was kind of like this does you, you don't you're not even making sense. Like I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Yeah, this but, this woman is eminently qualified. She's well, very but, but intelligent. Even then, they were looking at her going, uh, you know, hey, uh, you didn't give really long sentences to this person, this person, and this person. And the response was, oh, yeah, but I followed the guidelines that you people set up. So, would you like to talk about that? <laughs> I have an idea of where to start. I mean, I. It, she's she is she, the oh and then the 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 question of define a woman she was smart enough not to answer the question that had no right answer yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> it's sort of like that that thing in firefly when he's when uh mal's trying to trap the uh the the guy and he's like you know if you say this you'll play the brigand if you say this you know you'll you'll play the offended it doesn't matter you can't answer that perfectly but they they went and and I I think her nomination and confirmation into the Supreme Court is a, a serious case of even a broken clock is right twice a day, like they they fumble fucked their way into it and just happened to get on accident honestly like you're saying it was a comedy of errors that just happened to work out well. I just picture some junior staffer somewhere going no no I, I got this one. <laughs> I got a wicked idea. How about no, 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 no? Seriously, guys. Not, not, I know somebody not who could do this. Not only is she qualified, but everyone's going to hear her name and drop the mic, and this is going to be the biggest fuck you on the face of the earth. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. You guys are going to love this, okay? Justy, no, no, no. Like I, I'm telling you, we, we couldn't have planned this better. No, I know we didn't plan it, but we, we couldn't have planned it better. <laughs> I just, I, like, they went from an affirmative action hire to, wow, she's really nice. She's, she's, she's good. I like her. You know, like, nobody cannot like her. Even, like, and look, we've all seen Ted Cruz make an ass of himself. Okay. This is not the first time that's happened. <laughs> okay. But, but to make an ass of yourself that bad <laughs> was just, a work of art. I mean, you're just, you're like, oh wow, you are, your ass is really hanging out, man. <laughs> like you should stop talking. Like anytime now, she is making you look like you have an IQ of Forrest Gump, right? And I mean, I, I, I actually, it, it, this was almost as good as like when they looked at Amy Comey Barrett when she was sitting there reading off all of these statutes, and they went, "Well, what do you have written in front of you?" And she just held up a blank piece of paper. Nothing. And went, I got all this shit memorized. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what exactly are you looking to catch me on? I know this. This is my thing. It's what I do. You know? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what you doing? Proving you all are dumbasses. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there, there's rays of hope every once in a while, but the game is rigged. The game is rigged. So why would they worry? Why would they worry? They're not going to worry. They don't have to. They are the elite ruling class. And I I know I keep coming back to this, but I think they've taken it further than what they can control. 
Oh, I, clearly. I think they've taken it further than what they can control. I think it's going to bite them on the ass. And I don't actually care if it bites them on the ass. What I'm worried about is that those of us, as you said, in the middle are going to get squashed in the process. Yeah, but, it, you know, look, it'll be great, okay? We'll, we'll be able to to rally and meet beef at his zombie fortress. Will we need one of David Hogg's licenses before we start hunting people? I, I don't think so, because, I mean, who would we file the license with? You know, it's it's going to be very Mad Max-ish. It's going to be great, you know? And not the good kind of Mad Max, like Beyond Thunderdome, where shit has taken a turn, right? Like, it's it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not going to be good okay did you go see the batman yet if i said yes would you let it go <laughs> no beef said it comes out like april like next week or the, in like 10 days or something like that on hbo max so i'm waiting yeah, till when, when you see the car chase with the mad max style batmobile um and you realize that you didn't see and hear that in the theater, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, first of all, don't be dumb enough not to use the surround sound. Throw everybody else out of the room if you got to. Use the surround sound. Oh, yeah. No, but, I got seven plus one. It'll but, be great. But at the same time, you're still going to look at that and go, I should have seen this in the theater. I said seven plus one. Seven point one. Sorry. It's. I actually, I'm still I, I'm still on the other cast apparently mentally. <laughs> no, that's okay. I've called the same. I used hey, I used to sell that shit, and I've done the same thing. <laughs> it's seven plus one, so, uh, seven point one. <laughs> I mean, you want to start talking speaker brands? I can handle that. <laughs> I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I've got a crappy Samsung soundbar on my TV just because my house isn't big enough for seven point one. But that being said. I can talk some Bowers and Wilkins uh, speakers if you want to. <laughs> he is fresh from Best Buy, guys. <laughs> he is he is able to help you. Yeah, I didn't go anything that big. Although I do have a soundbar on the one in the bedroom, but uh, yeah, the one in the living room. Uh, you know, we when we bought the house, we kind of splurged and put in. Like it hid the wires under the baseboards and did it under the random under the carpet and did the whole thing. And I can guarantee you we use it like 5% of the time. Oh, yeah. Most no, no, of the no, time you, it's you turned you on. You don't actually need that most of the time. No, not I mean, like it, most it, of the time you're it, watching it, whatever. And this, this week on Stereo Talk, um, <laughs> actually one of the one of the biggest cop outs I used to do as far as uh, selling people stuff was somebody who was insisting on a purely front end system, selling them the really expensive speakers. What I used to do is show them the lightsaber fight scene from Empire Strikes Back with the starting in 7.1, then going into the front early expensive speakers and showing them that it sounded no different with them not realizing that all the sound comes from the front on that site, on that scene one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter what you do. Nope. <laughs> it doesn't so, matter what so you do. So you don't really need the 7.1 all the time. Yeah, there is no back channel there. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing there. Um, yeah, you don't really need it. Like, if you're watching Antiques Roadshow, it's not important to have 7.1. You know, like if Wynonna Earp, yeah, no, Shannon doesn't need that. Uh, 1883, you don't like it's. There's no, there's no channels. There's no extra channels back there. You know, it's not required. Uh, uh, but uh, John yes. Wick, surprisingly, a lot of back channel on that movie. 
Oh, yeah, but that's because you got people chasing him from all different directions. Swazam! Uh, and, um, uh, if, if considering the fact that this is where we started, Matt and Max Fury Road is actually excellent in surround sound as well. You know, I don't think I've listened to that one in, in surround sound because Shannon would not watch it. She's like, oh, God, that's your apocalyptic crap, isn't it? And I'm like, okay, well, apocalyptic yes. movie, yes. Apocalyptic crap. It's got Charlize Theron in it, okay? No. By definition, it's not crap. Have you seen Atomic Blonde, ma'am? No. Well, not, not only that, it's even above and beyond the whether or not it's it's apocalyptic crap. It's actually ju- just it's just one of those movies that's spectacular to watch. I don't actually go back and watch the entire movie ever. I just watch the the scene from the moment they got onto the rig and started trying making back to the fortress. <laughs> you will ride shiny and chrome, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... Uh, there's there's a couple that you have to watch like that. Yeah, I mean, but, they just really are. But, but that being said, we're we're mad maxing it our our way down to your property with beef. Yeah, probably. Yeah, beef will beef. Well, beef probably won't. He'll bunker down. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse happen. He cannot wait. This will be the realization of a lifelong dream for him. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, his neck of the woods, though. You know, he's only going to have like a good couple of months a year of you know when they're not frozen to the ground anyway. Yeah, pretty much. It's like in trying to invade Russia in the winter. It's probably not a good idea. Scansonites, no. They got their casserole, they got their beer, they got their guns, they will hunker down. Be fine. <laughs> Be just fine. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you need food? now. I got a freezer full of casserole. I got a freezer full of casserole. <laughs> We're going to have a dice tournament later. You guys really ought to stop by. He doesn't listen to this. He's not going to care. <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> hey, I, I, make it a game of hearts. I'm in. Yeah, you know, like it's it's uh, the the thing with Scanson is is they're kind of like Southern rednecks. It's just that they they're they're selectively crazy. They're not crazy all the time. You know, it's just they're they have specific things they're crazy about. Although I will say this. If you shut down all the bars in Scanson, as we had seen in 2020, they start going crazy. <laughs> they don't do well <laughs> without copious amounts of alcohol uh, up there. So, Next thing you know, they start to screw, they're screwing dogs and uh, yeah, oh, throwing dildos at people. <laughs> Dildo taka! Uh, I, you know, you, you really can't, although on WA today or, uh, yesterday we were doing the cast and we were reading the story about this couple who got busted for having, uh, relations behind the waffle house and <laughs> as you do, as you do, as, as you do. And I realize I'm I really like, like the waffle house, damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, they're always open. Like it's not the best food you've ever had, but it's not the worst food. It's always just food. You know, and you can get a metric fuck ton of it for not a lot of money. You know, if you want a big ass stack of pancakes and make yourself a little food, baby, um, you can do that there for less than 10 bucks. Okay? <laughs> it's I'm just saying. Uh, however, we were reading this story and we were making fun of it because it's like, oh, it, this story should have started with Florida, man, because it it had like everything for bingo. It had like meth, a gun, naked outdoor public sex in arrest warrant 
I mean, it's like all this stuff happened, and then they were like, yeah, and it, you know, this lady called from across the street, you know, from uh, the store right next to it, which was Sarah's Secret, and I'm like, oh, that's so weird. We have a Sarah's Secret next to a Waffle House just in the town right over. And, you know, they start explaining some about the area, and then they read the name of the city uh, called Denton, and it's like a Denton PD, and I'm like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I went and looked at the publication. I'm like, this happened less than 15 minutes from me. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> as much as I would make it from Florida, if, if we're talking, if, I mean, if we're talking about how insane the world can get, I mean, even here in the most boring state in the country, Delaware. You know, we had uh, several weeks ago. We had a guy, and and the worst part about it is, is I, it wasn't even like. You know, there were cops that I ran into going, did you hear this shit? <laughs> Where somebody literally pulled up in front of him, uh, in front of a middle school, got out of the car, walked up, punched a middle schooler, got back in the car and drove away. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> nobody really knows, nobody knows who he is or why. <laughs> and the kid's not saying. Well, if the kid knows why he ain't saying, but at the same time, he just kind of actually just got out of it. It's not, not even a high schooler. He punched a middle schooler. <laughs> it's, it's, it's his uncle. He just came out. So, so, you. so he's really hard to see why I think the world's going insane. Not really, dude. You know, but I, I do think this. I think all this shit happened all the time before. I think just with social media and as much video and and tracking as we have now we're just hearing more of it i think we were this screwed up before well i i do very much uh you know roll with the meme of i am so glad there were not this many digital cameras around when i was a kid oh lord you know when i first started podcasting i literally had to check the statute of limitations on some of the stories i was telling (laughs) i'm like i don't think i can tell this yet I mean, there just wasn't like every party you went to, everything you said, every every stupid idea you had was not on somebody's cell phone, which meant it wasn't on the Internet. So I like the crap we did at best is hearsay, right? That's not the case with a lot of this this crap anymore, you know, like and, and I realize it doesn't help when you got like whatever he was like Senator Governor Carlos Spicy Wiener. Uh, Carlos Danger, uh, you know, out there doing bad stuff and everything and people catch him and and like, yeah, all that stuff's going on. But I I really don't think this this whole social media and recording absolutely everything picks that didn't happen type stuff has really done our society much good. No, Uh, I, I don't think that that's true. Um, I am very happy. I come from the generation where people are like, yeah, that didn't happen. He's probably, he's fucking right. Like he's, he made that up. I'm like, there are stories I tell. I'm like very happy. You think no I made that up? <laughs> you know? Uh, the other day I was telling a story, um, like I, I had gone into, to, uh, see a friend of mine in Denton where the, uh, waffle house sex just happened. And I, I was like, I, I was sitting in a room and I forgot, right? It was, sometimes you forget like who you're talking to. And I was telling this story and three people who were actually there were in the room with me. And they're like, oh, my God, that was you. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> 
no, 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 do it, baby. And like he turns to his wife and he goes, I'm telling you, that really happened. I was there. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> like you forget sometimes that like there were people around. You know? Like people saw you doing this that's just nobody has any cameras. Yeah, so but, but what what was legendary when we were kids are TikTok videos now. Oh yeah. Oh no, it was it was I mean most of the time it was fairly tame except when it wasn't. You just don't tell those stories, right? Like when you escape the cops, you know, and there may or may not still be a warrant looking for you, uh, you know, or that may or may not have expired. You just never tell that story. That hey, never happened. Hey, I was wasn't neck, me. I was neck deep in the Severn River and I got this the the sea nettle bites that I paid for for it. So <laughs> I, I, you, you, you wonder how kids now are going to become adults when everything they've ever done is under review by their peers, by their employers in some cases, well, by the and, government. And we, and we see it a lot these days where something that somebody wrote back when they were in high school. Oh yeah. Comes out to, to, oh, oh my God. He's a racist. It's kind of like that was 30 years ago, dude. <laughs> yeah, some shit's changed. And, and first, first of all, that was not considered racism. That's not at the racist time. then, yeah. You or, may consider it racist now, but at the time. Or he's a homophobe. You know, it's like, no, that's not what that meant then. Not really. No, it was a bad, it was a poor choice of words, and he probably should have said it. But that's looking back. That's what the the effort of hindsight, right? Uh, that you can't like. You, you can't spin it that hard. And, and I I don't know. I, I think we're never going this. The cancel culture has got to go, first of all. Second, we're never like we're it, the standard is impossible. It's an impossible standard. There's no one. Uh, I think Chappelle put it best. And I, I know I, I go back to Chappelle, but he's like, you know, even Kevin Hart, who is basically flawless, was like three tweets away from being perfect. <laughs> Right. He just couldn't hold it that long. Like they found something to tear him down. And that's what happens. They'll find something. And he didn't even punch anybody. Right. He didn't slap anybody on national television. Although I think it's hysterical, you know, like the the whole thing with that and and just all the, the stuff like, oh, my God, how to make the Oscars relevant again. You know, well, I, he's going into rehab now. Oh, my God. No, he's not. Is he really? I, I don't know if it was accurate or not. I saw a headline that said he was going to. I didn't even know what he was going into rehab for. Just whether it's just one of those things where he's just going to. I'm going into rehab for just for, for slapping people. I have to stop slapping people. I'm slap happy. Uh, you know, and I, what I loved is I saw, of all things, a TikTok where the guy's like, you remember this? And it's a, a now, you know, thing where he's telling people not to fight. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he's trying to be all cool about it and then right afterwards they play the chris rock slap just walk away swap <laughs> don't get involved swap <laughs> you know, it was brilliantly edited my 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 compliments to the chef on that one but i like we're it's impossible like nobody's ever going to live up to these standards and that's why i think a, a lot of the the uh, a lot of the establishment, a lot of the elite, a lot of the the political leaders that we have are they don't have to worry about anything. 
right? Because of course, you know, of course you're not going to live up to it. Of course you don't have to be perfect. And because you don't, and because the best person, the best person to lead us out of this, the one who is the most qualified, who has a plan, they have charismatic, they have great leadership, they can be brought down by anything, absolutely anything, perceived slight or not, they can be brought down. So what do they have to fear? They literally can kill any competition by simply putting them on the media and making fun of them. Uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's an ironic quote coming from me, a Jewish guy, but I, um, and I can't even remember who, who it came from. It may have been Christopher Moore, but the, 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 the statement was, nobody's perfect. Well, there was this one guy, but we killed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we killed that guy. <laughs> Put him on a cross. Or, or even Douglas Adams' response. You know, when he, uh, if you remember the beginning of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it refers to the time period as approximately 2,000 years after some guy got nailed to a tree for suggesting that everyone <laughs> should be nice to each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I shudder to think what, it's, what society will be like when and and this is the part that that I love telling boomers and other Gen Xers, right? I I enjoy it way more than I admit I should not enjoy it this much. But I do tell people this, and it just it 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 either bakes their noodle or steams their shit. They're, they're I'm like, well, I just don't know what the world's gonna be like when millennials come to power. Millennials aren't gonna come to power. I'm like, really? Planning on living forever as a generation? Are you? What? <laughs> like. Y'all are going to die, and they're going to inherit, okay? It ain't going to be Gen X. It ain't going to be us, and boomers are going to be dead. So when the millennials come to power, all this shit you guys are doing now, they're going to pay back. I, I, you know what? Um, it, it's actually more Gen Z than the millennials but that, when, that I'm waiting for for this. But what I'm absolutely dying to see is when all the righteous indignation about the fact that they can't get anything done when nobody wants to work shows up. You know? Why can't we get this done? Well, you're the one who wants a 20-hour work week. I desperately hope I'm alive to see it. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) Nobody wants to work at Starbucks. You're right. You're the one who told everybody that having a job at Starbucks was beneath you. Well, they'll handle all that with machinery. What what will be our problem? What our problem will be is they won't know how to do anything. It's not even that they won't want to work. It's what they won't know how to do anything. And and that's why I keep teaching my kids how to do shit. I, you know, I, I, I had to uh, comment on something on Twitter. Somebody posted something that I couldn't help myself but to troll, which was a picture of somebody going. Uh, yeah, I'm 20, I'm, I'm 40 some years old. I am 20 some thousand dollars in debt. I'm out of work and I have, and I, um, all my debt is for my college degree in art history. And the response was, well, did you consider maybe spending all that money on something that could employ you? (laughs) Just out of curiosity, what were your expectations with a, uh, or a fine arts history degree? Of being able to employ yourself, just out of curiosity, what were your thought process? Yeah, there? what uh, what opening were you searching for? 
uh, that uh, that this would be applicable to. Now, now, you went to art school. I get a kid about to go to art school, so it's not the fact that I'm saying art, but, you know, fine art history? Unless you're a teacher, you're out of luck. You know, you're yeah. not talking about any sort of functionality or anything of that. Yeah, nature. you're not talking like I went to, for all intents and purposes, it was an art school, but it was a technical college, you know, a technical school for um you know, for production work, professional production work in a creative environment. So programming, graphics, video, those kind of things, which in the late 90s, early 2000s, was a very viable and hot career field to have. Uh, programming is still a wildly hot career field. Like if I ever left my job or got fired or something like that, I go straight back to programming. I can make six figures right now today. Um, now it's a lot harder and it's a lot more demanding and there's a lot more longer hours than what I currently do, but I can but, get but, there. But you can still function. But I can still function, and, right? And, and I'll just that go back to dis- programming. And as we, and do as that, we discussed that whole toxically male concept of I don't know providing. Well, yeah, and it's it's very toxic. It's toxic. Uh, but I mean, I could do that. Uh, it's a skill. Right. And a skill that I am confident in the next 10 to 15 years will still be a skill and still be something that people pay for. However, Um, if the world starts growing old gracefully, I'm out of work. (laughs) You, sir, are in a growth industry. (laughs) All signs point to show me shitty. No, they're going to they're no. No, we are not growing old gracefully. They have you, your job is way safer than mine, <laughs> way safer. Uh, but I I shudder to think, which is why I keep telling my daughter, right? She's like, well, dad, what am I like? What you know, she's debating now, like, what is college going to give me? <laughs> And I have to – and Shannon got so mad at me the other day because I, I told her what I actually thought. I'm like, baby, I don't know. Well, I don't the, know what you're going to study. Like if you come to me and say, I'm going to get a degree in feminism, I'm like, you're going to be penniless. You know, like I'll tell you that. Well, if that's what I was about like, to say. You're, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Right. If you come to me and say, Dad, I'm, I'm getting a degree in robotics, then okay – we got some stuff to talk about, okay? We're, what, you know, this, there's money in that. You know, uh, I'm going into sales. There's always money in sales, right? Uh, you know, I'm going uh, into whatever. Uh, it, uh, within reason, you know, uh, if my kid told me that came and told me that she was going to try to get a degree in social justice, I, I'm, she'd have to do a lot of explaining to, to to get me to be willing to pay for it. And it's not oh, yeah. because I, I disagree with you're social justice. You're a better justice. man than me. I ain't going to pay for that well, shit. No, no. Well, because my question <laughs> is it's got nothing to do with the fact of whether or not I agree with social justice. It has to do with what's your intentions on being employed. Yeah, I, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think if, you can get a job of that. If, if she's got a good plan on that. Show me an opening in social justice and we'll talk. What's the What's the degree plan preparing you for? And this is what I told Kayla. I'm like, look, I am absolutely willing to help you. Wherever you – in whatever direction you might go, but help does not necessarily mean pay for because if you want something that I think is not going to benefit your life, I am not going to pay for that. And I'm not just saying like, oh, it's anything I disagree with. You know, Like I didn't get the degree my father wanted me to have, but he understood that there was a job in that, and though it wasn't what he picked, it was a viable career field. 
um, I kind of put the same constraints on my daughters, you know, like, look, if this is something you can get a job in, let's fucking go. Absolutely. I don't care what it is. You want to be a chef? You want to you want to work in programming? You want to, you know, be a doctor? Be, you know, what, what do you want to do? You know, like I, I'm going into I'm going to open my own business. and I'm going to start a roadside assistance thing. OK, let's freaking talk about that. Like, what, what do you want to do? None of that matters. I, I don't. You want to be a garbage person. You want to be like a whatever truck driver. I, okay, but come to me with a plan and show me that you've thought about what's going to be on the other side of it. Where where do you plan to go from here? What is your step off position after you you get this degree, training, certificate, whatever it is? What is that? And that's kind of where I'm approaching it from, right or wrong, because um, I just I refuse to put her in a situation that I see tons of these kids doing right now. And you're paying six figures for something that is valueless in the real world in which you have just graduated into. I won't do it. And I I know there's a lot of parents out there who say that makes you a bad parent, but I am going to argue against the grain on that one and be like, I think you're really doing – it may piss your kid off, but you're doing them a favor. Uh, be that as it may. I know you have uh, – you've already – you're you're further along that line than oh, I have. Uh, oh, yeah. This past week we did um, – or this past – actually, I, I, not even that far along. We did it yesterday. We went to open house. Oh, oh yeah. It was where they explained to my kid what she was going to be doing and explained to me how much it was going to cost. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of how that goes. <laughs> and after, after you wipe the poop out of your pants, you went, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, now, is she is she honestly going to try and pursue a career in social justice? Is this something she's doing? No, I, I use that as an example, just because I, 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 I still am appalled that that major even exists in schools. Hey, man, I uh, I know a, a person who got who tried to get a Ph.D. in women's studies. So, look, I, I and I've seen I think this is. Yes, it is. Okay. And I've seen what she's done with it. And um I can honestly suggest to you that that degree is w worthless. <laughs> it is less, much less valuable than the associates I got in fine arts, uh, uh, which uh, uh, was computer animation with a minor in programming. Actually, that's kind of where my kid is going is into animation and illustration. Well, there's uh, if if you throw a little bit of programming in there. And, and this is a big and, and you are willing to work production work for somebody other than yourself, you can get a job. That's you can get be, a job. The, the second part is going to be the hard part. For it, it is always the hard part, especially for artists, because to be an artist, and this is this is absolutely true. Welcome to Career Talk on Gentleman's Soapbox. <laughs> but to be... To be an artist, you have to have a little bit of, I don't know, arrogance. Actually, actually surprisingly enough, that was actually a lot of what they talked to the students about was, uh, you know, in the process of 
uh, we are going to teach you how to do art for other people sometimes. Yeah, it's a difficult thing. It's I, a it's a but, difficult thing to I, learn. I was actually kind of impressed by the fact that they they specifically said that. That we're well, you going, we're going to, to tell you we're going to every once in a while tell you to do something. It's not because we don't like what you've done, but we're going to tell you to make an adjustment just to see whether or not you can. Right, to see because whether or not you can follow what can be, be and, and if you remember me saying originally when I first um, started looking into the school that she's going to was that I was worried that they had more stuff on um, gender neutral housing and uh, emotional support pets than they did on career placement. Mm, Some of that fear actually went away when I started listening to what the uh, program and department heads were talking about. They really are talking about helping them be prepared to be productive in the work society, which is we're not just going to teach you to paint what you like. We're going to teach you to actually, if somebody gives you a project that you have to work on for a client, that's what we're going to teach you how to do. Yeah, that's valuable, right? That makes you a productive member of a team. And and if you can do that, because creatives are always in demand, you always need somebody to create stuff for you. Well, we've talked about it before. I personally think that the economy is going completely towards creatives rather than productives. Yeah, I mean, it's because it, anybody can I can teach you the skills to to punch out anything. Right. You can anybody can learn a program now. Come up with the the concept. Come up with the idea. Give a first. As we get closer and closer to artificial intelligence, though, you won't need that person. Right. You know, what you're going to need is the the someone to go, I got an idea. Right. And be able to communicate it well enough in whatever medium it is for other people to punch it out for you. And that's the real trick, right? Any there's like there's number there's any number of production artists, and you can be a production artist, but to be a creative production artist is actually kind of a rare bird. And if you're any good at it, you can make a great deal of money. And if you if you add to that, oh by the way, I built the prototype that fits all this together. It's not perfect. It needs this and this and this. But here's how it would work. That person starts to lead a team because they obviously have the creative vision and the ability to get that vision out from out from in their brain to out so other people can see it. And I've always said this and people never get it done and out is better than perfect and in your head. I will be satisfied when this is all said and done when I pass away that I'm not going to be dying worried that my kid's going to starve. And if you can get that training and be able to take somebody else's, and this is the part where you get a creative, right? If you can take somebody else's arm waving and adjectives and stuff and get a reasonable facsimile of what they were talking about out for other people to see it and work on with you, but, but that's see, valuable. But even then, there is you know methods and ways of even kind of getting your own thought process. In oh, there. absolutely. I mean, you've done it to me just about every time I've asked for a logo. I've asked you for a logo for something, and you've given me exactly what I asked for, and then went, but how about this? <laughs> this is what you asked for. I think this is better. Here, watch this, you know. <laughs> I do it to Beefy all the time. He he calls it, how about six? You know, because I'll do that to Beef, you know. Like, he'll ask for something, like a logo or whatever. I'm like, here's what you asked for. Here's a slight differentiation of what you asked for. Here's what I think you need. Here's what I think will work. 
and here's what I thought up, you know, and he'll pick the one I wanted him to pick every time. Right. Oh, wow. That is so much better. Screw all that other shit. Give me give me another version of that, you know, and that's what you do. Right. If you're creative, that's what you do. It's like, OK, I'll get in. And this is how an artist and I, I know we're drifting into art talk now, but this is how an artist says, fuck you. They give you exactly what you asked for and nothing else. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's. Yep, it does what you said. Here you go. Not what you think he needed, not what he did need, not what would work perfect, exactly what they asked for. Well, since we are running a little bit long, let's go ahead and cut ourselves over towards our media recommendations. Do you have one? Ooh. Actually, I I have one, yeah. It's a bit older. It's an older code, but it checks uh, out. It's okay. So so so's mine this time. Okay. Uh, I watched it because it, I happened to cross it, uh, I guess, just in kind of scrolling. Uh, have you seen the movie American Made with Tom Cruise? Ooh, it may have been a very, very long time. It sounds familiar. Yeah, well, it is, uh, I think it was 2017. Okay, then it's not what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. Probably uh, not then. So basically, it's a TWA pilot who's recruited by the CIA to do some reconnaissance in Central America. Only, you know, when he starts doing the reconnaissance in Central America, the drug cartels down there are like, wow, that green goes crazy. I bet you, since he goes back to the U.S., he would be really good at smuggling drugs. And in fact, he was really good <laughs> at smuggling <laughs> drugs. Uh, and this is kind of a true story. This is really, I mean, this happened. He really was good at, at doing drugs, and he was really good at doing the reconnaissance, and then he started running guns for the Nicaraguans and the Contra and Ali North and all those people. And um, he he made hundreds of millions of dollars. Just Did he get to keep it? Oh yeah, up until they killed him. Yeah. Oh, oh, I oh absolutely. Know the last part happened. <laughs> absolutely, he got to keep it. So, so, so it wasn't a happy story. Well, you know, it was it was about what you'd expect from like every time you think your life is boring and like, man, I should go out there and take some risks. Look at all these people making money, and then you realize that there's a reason they're, they're making money hand over fist then because it's really not a good idea and they're really just kind of screwing everybody and, and things are bad and they're running all kinds of risk. Yeah. Uh, but this really did happen in the eighties. Uh, and it's, it's got Sarah Wright in it who is absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of a cross between air America and Ozark. Okay, uh, the, that makes the sense. The show Ozark, yeah, it's it's kind of a cross between those two things. It's really well done. I watched it and I, just just a, a great movie. Uh, I I found it on Amazon. You, you guys might find it other places, but uh, it was it was worth the watch. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Plus, Sarah Wright is fucking hot. That that's always helpful. Oh yeah, no, it was very it, it helped me. Yeah, no, totally helped me. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to go with a book. 
And I know you and I have spoken about it. I just don't think you've added it onto the cast before. And it is the last published work from Douglas Adams, which is called The Salmon of Doubt. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really kind of an excellent just look into the guy's mind because it's not there is a piece of it that at the end of the uh of the work which is something he started writing that he couldn't decide was going to be another dirk gently book or another hitchhiker book yeah this was a a posthumous collection wasn't it absolutely basically he went through and cleaned out his entire computer of and it was different versions of articles that he wrote he did he had a column that he wrote um for the independent and the guardian um, as well as several speeches that he gave. Uh, it, uh, it just some of the stuff he wrote was absolute genius. The other part about it that you end up having to do, because he was very big on technology, was a lot of the things, is remembering that all these things were written in the 90s. Yeah, he was a serious, serious technophile. But the and things that he's writing about in the 90s... Hadn't happened yet. And our, but are things that we take for granted today, things yeah. like wireless networking, social media, um, how the Internet was going to function once it really got up and running. Uh, all of these things, you know, it, uh, he even basically said a lot of the suggestions he wrote Amazon are now on Amazon. Yeah. As far as um, how how to market what they were doing and how to create it. Uh, if nothing else, Jeff Bezos should have bent over and thanked the man. Um, I I honestly think the world one the world did not know what it lost when it lost Douglas Adams and two I'm not sure the dude didn't have a portal into the future. Well, he he actually even wrote a little piece about that in the uh, book. Is he he wrote that he believes that time travel is real and that it's happening now and the evidence is all around us, especially the fact that the moment you may go to make an insurance claim that that exact thing is no longer on your insurance policy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That is so weird. <laughs> Hit by a supersonic squirrel. Look right there in the tra- in the thing. It says you can't. <laughs> uh, there, he he's got articles talking about everything from philosophy to technology to history. Uh, he was a he was a Beatle maniac. Some of the things he wrote about the Beatles were absolutely amazing. Uh, he's got this whole tragic story he tells about the day that he decided not to go into the city that they did the rooftop um, concert. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it is just kind of one of those things that is absolutely stunning to look into the mind of somebody who was that intelligent. And intelligent in so many ways. I and mean, we were talking about a guy who was an autodidact who taught himself evolution to be able to have uh, conversations with Richard Dawkins. I, yeah, the man, the man was incredible uh, as far as his, his, the, the kind of logic he put down. But the, the thing that always caught me about him is not only how right he was, but how crazy it seemed at the time he wrote it. You're like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> not only did it happen, it happened the way he said. Almost, almost, almost scarily, scarily accurate. You know, like, holy shit. Like, this shouldn't have happened that way. 
Yeah, there's a lot of the articles and stories that he wrote that you're looking at it going, this doesn't sound like a big deal. But then you have to remind yourself that he wrote it in like 92. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before the Internet, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, like you're thinking, oh, yeah, you just got it from the No, 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 no. This is pre-Internet, guys. Uh, that's, so, that's how far forward, far, far forward he was. But even then, he has things that he wrote on the ideas of writing and putting language together and how that worked. Um, one of his uh, one of his favorite authors was P.G. Woodhouse. I don't, do you know who he was? I, I don't know. He, he wrote a he wrote almost like a comedical version of um, Downton Abbey. Oh, wow. Uh, but the, but wrote it, you know, like decades ago. Um, it, it was just all of these things about how you put words together, how you move from point A to point B. The, as you said, there's the logic on the way his thought process worked. Um, talking about environmentalism from the idea of being a puddle in a, uh, in a pothole, thinking about how this pothole must have been made for the puddle because the puddle fit into it perfectly. But in even thinking this as the puddle starts to evaporate and disappear. And then going, you know, this is something we should consider. <laughs> yeah, the man, he could, the, the twists of logic and the things that he could do um, and walk you through. Uh, if you've never read any Douglas Adams, I recommend any anything he wrote will will make you just it, it's it just remember all of it happened 20, 30 years before what he's talking about so uh, it's it's incredible a lot of it's incredible um when the birth of the internet was going on and he was talking about it and talking about what he saw you know he's like i don't know why everybody's scared about the internet it's just us we're just scary <laughs> we're well, just even like... then, he he had very very high hopes for social media in the way that it would allow people to <laughs> communicate yeah did uh, we ever I'm, disappoint him <laughs> well i, I... I think what he would be looking at and talking around the fact that the problem turned into the fact that we're assholes, um, that, that that's really what screwed up social media versus the idea of being able to communicate in such large groups in that fashion. I would, I would largely agree with, uh, with that part of it. Um, but I, yeah, it's, I haven't read the salmon of doubt, but, uh, I've read several of his others and they're just, uh, just, just excellent, just excellent stuff. Uh, even if you don't go into the the fictional part at the end, just the the, the essays and the speeches and the, everything that he wrote through there are stunningly amazing. Just limber up your brain before you read any Adams, okay? It's it's you're going to be on a ride. Well, the <laughs> the other thing with a lot of times with the Adams is 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 because he was a humorist. Is a lot of times those things actually hit you like a grenade. You know, he says something and it's kind of like tossing the grenade and keeps on going. And then it takes 30 seconds for the grenade to go off. Yeah. And you realize when you're holding the grenade that he actually did, in fact, pull the pin out because he's sitting there holding it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, and, and, and then it kind of goes off and your brain kind of goes, oh, shit, that was good. Oh, that was that was not bad. Yeah, I got to reread that <laughs> just to make sure I saw it the way I thought I did. Yeah. No, that's good. He starts off as an entire story about the electrician in his in his house that he's renovating, who he calls Frank the Vandal. 
And and it starts off just as this whole rant about how Frank is always just beating holes in the wall to get a pieces of wiring and stuff like that. And it ends up being a, a essay on wireless technology. Yeah. But at the same time, you start out with just thinking that he's writing a story about renovating his house. Because <laughs> that's the Adam's way. Uh, as I said, just absolutely, absolutely wonderful. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, and as as Sean said, limber your brain up before you get it, because he's definitely going to shock some part. One of the stories is going to change the way you look at something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll wander around for days just worrying on part of what he's what he's said and what he's told you and being like, is that real? Is that true? That can't be true. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not true. Shit might be. All right, I got to think about this. <laughs> and just even the ability to he he does he did a lot of very similar to what um, Dave Chappelle does, which is he tells you a story and the story is funny and the story is humorous and all that. You it, it, but then all of a sudden at the end of the story he pops something in there a thought that just makes everything come together and makes you go. Not only is that fucking hilarious, but it's brilliant. I'll tell you when I knew Dave Chappelle was a master, a true master, right up there with Carlin and Pryor and all the rest of those guys. Do you remember when he did the um, – I met L.J. Simpson three times, and then he gives you the first L.J. Uh-huh. Simpson story and the second one and the third one, and then he ties them together. And you're like, oh, shit. You know, like he told you four stories so he could get to this one. And you're like – I not only did not see that coming, (laughs) I watched him walk me there and I never saw it. Right. He is truly uh, a a verbal ninja with that kind of shit. And and Adams was the same way. And Adams is very similar. Yeah. No, he is. And even to some extent, uh, because obviously Dave Chappelle does it in spoken word. The manner well, the, in which I would suggest to you that David that David Chappelle does it with in short form and Douglas Adams does it in long form. Yes. Just the manner in which the actual wording and the language is put together is stunning. Yeah. No, he's uh, you, you the linguistics and the vocabulary that Douglas Adams has at command and on tap is unparalleled. Well, I ranted about Douglas Adams enough. Alrighty. <laughs> Anything else from you today? Oh God, no! I think we've depressed everybody far enough. <laughs> well, I mean, th- th- this whole thing is basically just getting on our soapbox and ranting and seeing whether or not we can spark conversation out there. So that is true. So, and, and every once in a while, it works. Every once in a while, you, you know, know, sometimes I'll get some some additions. Like, Jesus, you guys are depressing. Or Sean is wrong. Sean is the, the reason we're all screwed. Or just just stop. What are you doing? Yeah. No, I did. I I made a mistake and I ranted a little bit on WA uh, a cast or two ago, and yep, or somebody wrote in about it, and and they're like, Jesus, man, like we were all having such a good time, and then Sean started <laughs> soapboxing about reality. <laughs> I'm not saying he was wrong, but damn it, <laughs> that cast will come out, I think, next week. So I mean, it's it's uh well as this cast is recorded next week, uh but. There's, there's, uh, 
there's a little bit to that, you know. We we kind of go on. So yeah, thank you for listening and, oh, and putting up with our shit. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Twitter is at uh, gsbcast. Uh, our email address is takeitnumber at gentlemensoapbox.com. You can find both of those on the link to the show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You know, quite frankly, we, our favorite ones are when somebody writes in to tell us how we are assholes and wrong about something. We do get a lot of that. Yeah. No, it's good. Oh, it's oh, good. Oh, That's what this cast was designed for. Uh, well, absolutely. So, uh, as always, if the world is still here next week, we'll see you then. <laughs>